Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello there. Welcome, everyone. Hello, hello. We are trudging forward. Uh, this is the main show for the episode entitled Lily. Mm-hmm. And this is podcast episode 279. Mm-hmm. The show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 279. Yes. And we just rewatched Lily. We did indeed. Before we do, we have some news. Well, but I, I just kind of want to intro oh, and okay. so we took copious notes and we'll be talking about that in a bit and before we go there let's go here we have some news some news that hopefully if you're a once or you would already know mm-hmm. but we are going to regal con which is next week, next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we will be bumping into and probably shaking hands and saying hi to not only much of the cast once upon a time. We should be saying hello to all of them that are there anyway. But uh, all Bill, the ones that are there. Bill Meeks, greetings mm-hmm. from Storybrook will be there, yeah. and a number of other folks that we've exchanged email messages and tweets and sure. here and there. So. It's going to be a fun oncer fest. Right. And if you are one of our listeners and you are going and we don't know about this, make sure you say hi to us when you're there. Pretty please. Yeah. We are putting together some big love packs so that we can give away some things during our panel. Mm -hmm. And we will have the initial kickoff panel at 2 p.m. on Friday. Yes. So if you're going to RegalCon... Go to the Ana Kappa yes. room yep. at 2 p.m. on Friday, and we will be there. Don't be scared. I think we're the oldest Once Upon a Time <laughs> podcasters there are. At least I am, yeah, I think. Yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure we're there. And on Sunday at 4, 4 p.m., p.m. Mm-hmm. we will correct. be part of the Greetings from Storybrook panel. Mm-hmm. And uh, the name of the room for that one escapes me, but... It may be the Anacapa room again. We do have a link in the show notes at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 279 that you can go there and yes. there's a link to the full schedule. Correct. So if you're going, you really need to know. There's so many different panels, so yeah. many interesting things going yeah. on. I'm looking, that, forward to, I'm looking forward to all of it. Yeah. It'll be really interesting. And there's going to be different panels with different groups of the cast members, mm-hmm. Q&As. And yes. It's really going to be exciting. It's really going yeah. to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a ball and a dinner party, and a dinner, cocktail yeah. party. Yeah. And we got, we paid for our photo with Lana. We did. We're gonna so get that's going to be Yay. a cool thing. I'm excited. I wish we had more money to have other private photos but that's what we did and that is that Mm -hmm. now the we're going to try quote i'm try to get the main show for the episode mother done 
before RegalCon. I probably <laughs> will not do that. So yeah. unfortunately, I think there's going to be just a bunch of different shows just kind of bum, 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 bum that we will be putting out. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So keep in mind the but, release schedule is going to be a little nebulous and it, simply because of RegalCon. Yeah. That's the only reason. Right. And speaking of which, RegalCon happens to be, you know, the day of it ends on the day of the season finale. So we and will Mother's have day. yeah, and Mother's Day. So we will have the finale show done or the first thoughts done for the finale. That will be done on time, but right. just right. unfortunately I think Mother's going to have to take a back seat. Yeah, the Sorry. we're I'm taking Monday off and so are you. Yeah. We will need it. We will definitely need it. <laughs> so we will be doing like like Colleen said, the first thoughts after the Operation Mongoose parts one and two uh, in a week. Yes. So but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We mm-hmm. have some information and things to discuss about the episode Lily. Mm-hmm. And here it is is so like i said we did watch lily and a number of things really kind of jumped out and i will oh we also at the top of our views let's say well, let's talk about that we discovered who that disembodied voice was for the sorcerer yeah the sorcerer was yes. jonathan adams yes british actor jonathan adams mm-hmm. and if you are a fan of bones you'll recognize him as dr goodman from the first season maybe two mm-hmm. of bones uh the african-american doctor that was the head of the jeffersonian loved him thought he was fantastic so um he sounded a lot like Giancarlo esposito to me but I'm, I'm glad that we know that it is actually somebody else Indeed. And one of the questions I had is, I wonder if the sorcerer is trapped somewhere like Mm. the author was trapped in the book. Yeah. And maybe that's why the sorcerer told the um, apprentice to do that is maybe that's why. I I don't know. Maybe. It's a very real possibility. So I... Anyway, that was one of the questions that came up when I rewatched it. And also did the Okay. So so let's talk about this. There's a couple of different ways I think this whole thing play, played out. The one thing is that I wonder if the author wrote his role plus the apprentice's role in the charming maleficent's child thing. I wonder. Hmm. Or I wonder if the author got kind of mad at being told what to do and wrote the apprentice's role in the story. Maybe. And then the author was free to kind of do whatever he wanted to do. Possibly. And just appear on the road. Because if you if you think about it, definitely there was some kind of nudging towards something. Because they were going to go see Maleficent. And he said, no, 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 don't go there. Go to the eternal forest and look for a cabin. Even though you get lost in there, just look for a cabin. Mm -hmm. When the apprentice opened the door and he goes, I've been expecting you, I said, something's up. Something's up. So either they were in cahoots or what I really think, though, Mm -hmm. now and more, more thought, is that the author wrote the apprentice to do that. Yeah. And the author was kind of free to do whatever he wanted to. Sure, sure, sure. 
And we saw a name on the headstone in the graveyard, Cyril Hargrove. Mm Mm-hmm. At this time, I don't know who Cyril Hargrove is. The only thing is. I could find when I Googled Cyril Hargrove is there is a singer. I don't even know what time period. I don't know what, what era. I have nothing, no, no information about the person, Cyril Hargrove. But there is there are two albums out on uh, Amazon you can buy. Old 45. So it tells me it's probably the 50s or 60s, even earlier than that, possibly. Um, that... Uh, this person sang two songs that we are aware of, that I'm aware of out there, and they're they're for sale. You can buy them on Amazon. I don't know who that is. I don't know anything about that person. So, all right, and I I wanted to bring this up. Madeline in the episode "Sympathy for the Deville" mentioned that she wanted Cruella to stay with her so she could fix her, mm-hmm. and that theme has kind of been going through my head is that some of the characters in Storybrooke have done certain things to fix things. Mm-hmm. Either a impulsive decision or a mistake. Mm-hmm. And so for instance, I think that's what a lot of Rumpelstiltskin was doing. Mm-hmm. Was trying to fix something mm-hmm. to get a better shot in life because he was known as a coward. Right. And so I think that was going on a lot. And David and Mary Margaret initially wanted to basically, not necessarily fix, but ensure that Emma had a better shake in life. And then after they discovered what happened, Mm -hmm. they definitely wanted to, as the apprentice said, point her to the light and raise her correctly. But then when they realized their mistake, much later, unfortunately, then they wanted to kind of fix that situation, fix it with Emma. Mm -hmm. And now they are tasked with fixing it with Lily because Maleficent said, I don't want to hear your apology. It's really not for me, actually, but Mm -hmm. go apologize to my daughter for what you did. And... The interesting connection is I see the apprentice now in the same spot. He, for whatever reason, and let's say that he was made to do that deal, that spell that can never be undone, Mm -hmm. is the apprentice now is trying to fix that. And that's why he stepped into the real world. However he got there, it's an interesting thought too, but he stepped in the real world, sat next to Lily on the bus and gave her, I don't know if he gave, well, he gave her some information to help her. Yep. So He yeah. probably gave her the whole story. And I think he did it because, honestly, I agree that the author probably wrote that he did do this. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it. He would have fought against it, mm-hmm. right? Because he knew it was wrong. Right. So I'm pretty confident. Remember how Cruella couldn't kill anyone because the author wrote it. Right. Therefore, The Apprentice had to tell Snow and Charming about this option, even though he didn't want to, and go, went agra- against every grain of his moral fiber, he was forced by the author to do so. I do want to bring up something that he said, and it's just sparked a question for me. He said, the laws of magic, you know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Who wrote the laws of magic? Right. Is it the sorcerer? Because it seems to me like he's kind of a... He's a, he has to uphold the laws of magic. I don't think he wrote them necessarily. So who wrote the laws of magic? True. Somebody had to have written them. How does everybody know them? Right. 
Well, it, and it may be sort of like the. I gotta adjust this volume here. Anyway, it's it, it's like we've heard in Storybrooke where they don't know what year it is. They don't know what's it's going timeless. on and, and all that. So it's just like the, the law of magic. Just kind of know. It's just it's eh, kind of yeah. You know. So I will roll through a couple of things I just jotted down. The microfiche machines where she was twisting and looking oh, through yeah. the public records. I used those when I yeah. started out in title insurance. My mom Nobody used to knows. use those for looking at records and stuff that she had for my mom's travel agent. She's been doing it for a million years, and she used to use that a long time ago. I remember that. Back in the day, that's what you'd yeah. use when you go down the county yeah. to look up whatever or the library you can go yeah. up i remember looking up newspapers sure. when star wars was released right because having having yeah. those old newspapers around you, there's only so much room you can store them on and it's a lot easier to put them on microfiche yes and that was way before you know we had you know hard drives external hard yes. drives and all kinds of stuff so it was interesting to see hook warning and encouraging emma but not going as her protector yeah. He really kind of took a back seat and said, just be careful, the yeah. dark side, don't just... But he didn't say, I want to go with you. I'm going to protect no, you. He's like, he, he knew she had to do this on her own. Right. He knew that he needed to stay back. And uh, that was really cool. And it was interesting that the story was that Lily died in a car wreck. Yes. That's what the well, super said at the Yeah, uh, he said that she was probably drunk. She was really weird and one of those personalities you don't want to, you know, tangle with. And that's what set Emma off because I think Emma, you know, knew that that was probably the case and, fe- and she felt guilty for it because she felt like it was her fault, even though it wasn't really her fault at all. Yeah, the landlord, that played yeah. by Philip Granger, for keeping score. That's, that's <laughs> who it was. All right. And so. What I thought was interesting is Emma keeps justifying her bad actions as I'm not turning dark. I almost put that guy through a wall. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not turning dark. I just did this, and she's justifying yeah. what she's her doing. Yeah, mourning her friend. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. She's you know I'm not. I'm not turning dark, and she even said, you know, it, you know, what happened with Maleficent was you know she felt bad about it. It was regret, not turning dark she right. said that later with regina and by the way that whole car chase i we had talked about it a little bit on the mm-hmm. first thoughts but i wanted to clarify it is a chevelle mm. a chevrolet chevelle ss and so that means it's probably late 60s early 70s model i don't know the year exactly but i know for a fact it was a chevelle it was, it was, i kept calling it an impala and it's not an impala it's a chevelle it's a gorgeous car yeah it was a great car and it had Cobra on the back of the headrest mm-hmm. behind Emma, which I thought was interesting. Operation Cobra. That's right. There wasn't anything behind uh... no, that you could see. No, I couldn't see anything behind Regina's head. So You asked while we were watching the episode, Lily, you said, is fate a person? Yeah. Keep talking about fate. Right. Fate, you know, let's beat fate. Today is the day we beat fate. Mm-hmm. Fate brought you here. Fate, fate, fate. Is fate an actual person? If you go to Greek mythology, there are the three fates. Right. But is fate an actual person? And are they going to introduce that as a character? 
And I wonder and is that the one who's in control and is fate the mm-hmm. one who wrote the laws of magic and is fate the one who is kind of we've always said Rumpel wasn't the ultimate. We knew there was people mm-hmm. pull, pulling strings. Right. Is fate the one pulling strings? We I can't remember, but you longtime listeners. Thank you, by the way, longtime listeners mm-hmm. for hanging in there with us all this time. But I think it was toward the end of season one. I just I went off on a rant and I said I want to go all the way back. I'm I, Rumple's interesting, but I want to know who was pulling the strings. Yeah, it's not him. It's somebody farther back, and we yeah. thought it was the seer, and we met his father, and then we keep meeting all these fathers and back, 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 back. But there's probably someone ancient being ancient at the beginning, even yeah. beyond the sorcerer. I oh yeah, I firmly believe so, it's beyond the sorcerer. The and I wonder if fate is the wolf. Maybe the 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 person of fate has to shape shift into certain things. Possibly, but I'm more inclined to think that like like Cruella was able to influence the animals. Right. I think fate put the wolf there. Okay. All right. That's just my thought. So I thought it was interesting. That we've heard people say, well, Lila, um, I'm sorry, Emma was good, but Emma wasn't good. When we were introduced to her, she was stealing things. Sure. And Lily helped her. Yeah. And so basically what David or what Snow and Charming did didn't work anyway. It's, well, it's, in a it's sense, it didn't because you're right. In a sense, it didn't. It didn't only because uh, it kept her from doing really, really bad things. But it. But she. But she. And she clearly said, "I yeah. stole because I was hungry." Right. Okay. Okay. So fair enough. It wasn't like she was stealing for the the sure kicks of doing so. It wasn't the adrenaline rush of stealing. Now, when she met Neil, right. They were also stealing because, again, they were hungry. Okay. They didn't steal so, car. I mean, they stole a car. That that was bad. But that was to get away and get where they needed to go. They wanted to go make a better life. Mm-hmm. But they were stealing money. They weren't stealing money. They weren't stealing, you know, they weren't robbing at gunpoint. They were just stealing food. Now, I'm I'm not a hater. No, not at all. I like Neil. Yeah. But I find Emma being influenced a lot. For instance, Lily played into her goodness. Absolutely. She when did. she said... You know, I want to leave, but I can't. I, I, you know, I've got stuff back there. And Emma's like, all right, I'll go because I want to make sure that you get out of here. Her goodness, that that hero nature. Right. I'll I'll do whatever it takes so that you are safe and you get away from this guy. And Lily knew that. Yeah. And so that's that's why she did that. But you also pointed out that on the when Emma found starla mm-hmm. at the uh, coffee shop the diner uh, whatever it was called the coffee mug the coffee mug and when that little girl came out of the bus who mm-hmm. we initially thought it yeah. was starla slash lily's daughter that her little sweater had stars her, on her it. dress yeah okay she was wearing a little uh, jumper <clears throat> a little dress and it had stars it was dark blue with white mm-hmm. stars on it so I thought that was a, a another fate encounter sure. that was actually another perfect. little tie-in, absolutely. So, but again, I got to say, Emma's secret weapon finally is working. It mm-hmm. hasn't been working for a long time. That's true. That darn secret weapon. Yep. 
But you mean superpower? Not yeah. superpower. So, and again, like I mentioned before, uh, the charming uh, when they said we'll do whatever it takes to Maleficent to uh, about making things up to Lily. It was kind of like The Apprentice because when he was talking to the sorcerer, the sorcerer said, "Make sure he doesn't." You know. Why aren't more people mad at the author? I I mean, seriously, yeah. Maleficent should be furious at the author for doing this, for influencing mm-hmm. Snow and yeah. Charming. Granted, Snow and Charming made the decision, and they shouldn't have. But the fact is, the author is the one who interfered. If if she had just listened to their side of the story, she might have known that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. People getting mad at, at, at everyone else, but forgetting that the author is kind of like... He's a little bit of a jerk in this because he's the mm-hmm. one who's influencing people to do things they wouldn't normally do. Right? True. True. Snow and Charming would not normally, knowingly hurt another living being. Right. They just wouldn't. That's not their nature. Uh, on the flip side, though, I, I understand what you're saying, but on the flip side, if they would have went to Maleficent's castle, right. oh boy. Well, no, because or wherever they Maleficent a, they, was. They could have had a conversation with her. Hopefully mm-hmm. they could have helped her. You know what I mean? How would how would things have been different if they had gone to Maleficent's castle? <laughs> how would things have been different? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There are so many things that could have been different from this if they had just done what they said instead of listening to the author. But again, he influenced them. He lied to them. He he manipulated them. And we've talked about that before is the manipulation. And it's funny. Nobody's really all that mad about him manipulating them. Right. I, I'm surprised they're not mad at him for this. Let's talk about physical or let's say magical reactions to things, whether it's lights flickering or lights exploding yeah, or, yeah. or something. Yeah. Now, we saw that in this episode when Lily hit Emma. Emma. Right. Last time we saw that was when Emma went after Regina. Remember? Okay. Remember? There have been a couple of times where lights have, you know, like we've had flashes of things. Emma got, you know, there was the whole earthquake thing when she put the badge on in season right, one. Right. She became sheriff of Storybrooke. Well, Okay, so so let's start at the beginning. I'm 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 there with you. So when Emma stepped out of the bug in the pilot mm-hmm. in the intersection, yep. there was a a electrical charge. Yeah. And the lights flickered in the town. Yeah. Because the hero had arrived. Right. And the second time something we don't know what happened, but I believe when she took that key to Granny's room. That's when the clock changed. The second thing. Okay, the, the clock changed. So that's another reaction. Yeah. The third thing, you're absolutely right. When she put on the badge. sheriff badge yeah. or the, the deputy badge, yeah. she was staying. Yeah. And so these types of things had a physical effect. And uh, when she put on the badge, that's when the um, the earth opened up. Yeah. Uh, with the the, mine. uh, the mines with Henry right? Henry, Henry and uh, Archie getting trapped yes, in the mine right yeah and there was there have been many others mm-hmm. but another one I remember was when Henry was born yeah so yeah. we've seen these type of what some people would say oh it must be some kind of electrical whatever but but 
it's based on actions right. that people decisions being made decisions and actions especially but yeah decisions to stay decisions to accept a position decisions to follow the story changing fate changing fate or falling in line with fate right because she could have left and none of that would have happened correct so that's very interesting though I, there's probably been a number of things but when you there was see another one where she hit regina or she came after regina when henry's was lying on the hospital remember she had him in the, when she had her in the closet in the hospital she's screaming at her and going you did this to him because when he when he ate the the pot the turnover well it, I don't rem- I don't recall any type of whatever. I remember that there was a, a a truck and dolly zoom, but I don't remember anything like electrical or I sparking. Thought or something. there was something going on, but anyway. Okay, but there are certain decisions that are people are making that have these ramifications ramifications in real life that you can see yeah, yeah, yeah. so it makes you feel no manifestations not right. ramifications i was saying ramifications yeah, yeah, yeah. for what's going to happen next which manifests itself in these these manners these electrical surges type things so in a way it sort of looks like a superhero right well yeah so yes and the bus that was taking Lily away was to going to Pittsburgh, yeah. and it was, if you look quick enough, it's a Polar Star Express bus, hmm. which the last one we saw was in New York. Interesting. Yes. And so obviously we know that bus goes from Storybrooke to New York. Remember in season one where the, the bus was leaving and then that people would wait right outside of... Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. All right, the I've heard a lot of people talk about it. It didn't really hit me at the time because I like the the whole magical element of the story. But yeah, when I when I look again, it go it looks like a weird homeless guy on the bus mm. turning to talk to Lily. It's yeah, like, that's kind of weird, and that's what she said. You're weird. Yeah, yeah, but let me. Let me bring this up, and I know I may be wandering onto thin ice, but it's like, if you've ever had anyone that has lived life more than you, that seem like they read your mail, quote unquote, and really started to kind of give you some really pointed sage advice. I'm not, I, I am saying, but I'm not saying. That's kind of like, have you ever had those type of people in your life that that really sat down and said, you know, I I think you're a great this, and you never thought about it. It's like I, I I've never really thought about it. Because I think you would be great. They see yeah. farther than you. Yeah. For somehow, right? Yeah. It could be a belief system or not. It could be just somebody kind of looking into your you. And maybe they recognize something that you don't. And it was just kind of that whole thing. Yeah. Obviously, it was specific to the story. But I, I just, I've had people in, in my life and I've tried to give that type of advice to people because I think sometimes we can live life and forget about what's in us and what we could really 
get become stronger at and and try Mm -hmm. because it's scary we're trying something new that we're not doing changing a job that's frightening (laughs) that is really scary but anyway i I thought it was kind of neat that he was to soothe his own conscience but i just i remember things like that so lily mentioned that she she would kill she said if if lily said if i was in your shoes emma i would kill me and i just wonder if lily ever killed anybody we know she was involved in robbery we know that she had a rough life so i just didn't Uh, yeah i don't know okay uh where's the freaking dagger where Rumble is the dagger? Rumple has and, and, it. And there's no use. Why would he use it? What does he need to I use just, it for? What is the point of using the dagger? Can't can't anyone get that dagger? If Will can no. steal hearts, can't Will take the... Really? You think he's going to let it be where anybody could just steal it? Come on. It's Rumple. Okay. Now, again, as, as much as I go with the story and... People email and message me about certain things and all this. I do have one question, though. I watched it again because of Robin Hood's nobleness. Mm -hmm. The supposed, quote unquote, pregnancy Mm -hmm. of Zelina slash Marion works. Yeah. It will keep him there. Absolutely will. Sadly, away from Regina. Right. But... He was going to leave in two heartbeats. Sure. Well, in a makeout session down in the vault, mm-hmm. Roland mm-hmm. and Marion mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. Yeah. But he won't leave this unborn child, quote unquote, if she is really pregnant. Right. And Zelina slash Marion. Right. I find that interesting. I find it very interesting as well. I'm just just telling you. I, I've heard and seen a lot of very interesting things all around. And that's my final thing is he would leave Roland, mm-hmm. but not. I don't think he was willing to leave Roland. I think he was willing to try and figure out a way to make it work. And then because Marianne was frozen by the Snow Queen, that's when it had to. That's when it happened where he knew he couldn't. Well, and maybe maybe he would take Roland with but anyway, I just He wasn't gonna push Marion over the town line by herself. Yeah. And he wasn't gonna do it before she had the whole problem with the fact that she was, you know, frozen, frozen heart kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's my only hesitation. And and we never really talked about the whole thing. The whole frozen heart thing was Zelina. Right. If Regina knew she would have just let her well, Let are her you just kidding me? Die. Yeah, they all would have. They all would have said, yeah. oh, too bad. <laughs> that would have been the end of that. Oh, my gosh. We waited too long to get you over the town line. Oh, hello. Oh, she's gone. Well, I think she faked it's that the... part. <laughs> oh, okay. That's why she did that. She yeah. faked the... Why would she freeze again? She faked it to get him mm. out of Storybrooke. Yeah. And away from Regina. Because she knew that was the best way to get back at Regina. Indeed. 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 Now, here we go. I need to adjust my settings again. All right, we're going to jump into some great emails. The first one is from... I'll let you start. I would rather you start. All right. This is from Alina, and 
she said she really enjoys Regina uh, talking Emma down. It was great seeing young Emma and Lily. Uh, her question is, is the since the apprentice told Lily the truth, shouldn't she go after the author Isaac? And that's that's a great idea. Yep. Why not? Why, why are more people not mad at him? I mean, he has jacked so many people over. So, yeah, I don't know why everybody's mad at Snow and Charming. Yeah, they did the bad thing, but they were manipulated. So I'd be going after the author. And I know everyone wants the author to change their stories. But, you know, let's go after the author because he's the one who, who did all this. So in Alina's theory is the author is going to rewrite everything and the villains are going to be the heroes and the heroes are going to be the villains and everyone's going to disappear from Storybrooke. Into the Enchanted Forest, and since we know Henry was born here, and he would be left alone, and he would be going to be the new author, because Isaac will probably have died if everybody doesn't kill him. I mean to say, but I mean, and Henry will have to rewrite it back to the way it was. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. There's a, there's a large number of people that really think Henry is going to be the new author. Yeah. So, or he, a author. He in the would future. be a good one. Yeah. He'd yeah. be a really good one. Thank you much for that, Alina. This is from Helen. And she said, Big love to the Ronies. New- oh, wait a minute. We have a new listener and a first time emailer. So, we've got our special music. Here we go. Today's the day. So this is really great. It is it is my opinion that new listeners kind of listen for a while. And then maybe later they email in. But mm-hmm. new listener, new emailer, thank you so much, Helen, for that. And so we'll read her email. Big love to the Ronies, new listener and first time emailer of the show. So cue the music. There you go. You got the special fanfare for that. I have a theory that may be a simple ending to the season and put up a big bad for the next season. What if like Emma's potential for darkness was transformed to transferred to Lily. They find a way to transfer Lily's darkness to Zelina's baby. Hmm. Wow. If she is truly pregnant, right? If she, yeah, she's truly pregnant. Yeah. Hmm. That'd be kind of interesting. And mirroring, you know, it it does happen. I totally do not like this theory, but you know how this show is with parallels. Oh, we do. Yuck. Or perhaps the transferring vessels need to be of the same age so Emma may take back her potential for darkness. It seems Emma thinks she can carry all the darkness and still be the light. But that would make Lily, and more importantly, Maleficent happy. And I could see those two fitting into Storybrooke, into the Storybrooke community, since it looks like Maleficent has become comfortable in the mayor's office. That's true. Mm-hmm. I can see her putting her feet up, answering the phone. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't help thinking that Regina and Emma were playing Cagney and Lacey. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it did have a very yeah. 70s cop show feel to it, didn't it? Very Cagney and Lacey. It was funny. There was maybe a little bit of charlie's angels there but uh, more cagney and Lacey for sure i don't know if regina was showing righteous anger anger is anger whether you think it's wrong or right i feel she was just so frustrated with robin 
here she risks her safety to come rescue him. And he's like, thanks, but no thanks. And, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. She was definitely frustrated. Uh, oh, yeah. She was definitely she was definitely angry. But I, what I meant by righteous anger, because um, I was the one who said righteous anger, right? <laughs> what I meant by that was that she was... She was angry for the right reasons right. at yeah. this point in time, not because she was angry because she was, you know, being a petulant child like she called Emma and, you know, out of revenge or anything. She was righteously angry. And that's what's tough sometimes is that the way you see things when you rush in to quote unquote rescue someone or talk them out of something. Right. Is you see clear. It's cl- right. so clear to you. And you reach out to the other person, let's leave the situation, let's change this, let's do something. And the other person says, no, I, no, I'm not going to do that. And you go, wait. It's it's classic Stockholm syndrome. I'm telling you, it's very classic Stockholm syndrome. And we've seen real life examples of this where people who've been kidnapped for years have had plenty of opportunity to escape and they don't for fear or for out of obligation, and they have come to understand that they're, but, you know, he didn't mean to, you know, treat th- me this way. He loves me, blah, 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 blah. I, I think it's nobility, but well, I understand what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm just saying that yeah. it's, a, it's very similar, similar philosophy or whatever. I'll continue with Helen's email. And that leaves the question, where is Roland anyway? I thought I saw him over there laying on the bed, but it would be kind of a weird place for him to be. Yeah, he's a little kid. He's just a little, little kid. I don't know. He was That's asleep in the t- other room. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. So all the people that say that I'm, I'm drinking the, the good water, just, just the babies are, are great for danger the the whole pregnancy thing is really mm-hmm. an interesting thing but yeah. once the child is born yep or young yep they're just at a babysitter yeah and there's really no again unless there's danger right unless the the baby is taken or Roland is taken then that's a sense of dr- dramatic tension Correct. and danger Correct. but babies and young children are really tough for a show there Absolutely. Because they have to kind of be the set over. Sustainability, yeah. It's I really love tough. Granny. Sure. I love that Granny's a babysitter. And Belle. And Belle. But Granny's got a crossbow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Belle's got all the books. Nothing against them. But I'm just saying the baby and the young child are really hard for yeah. these types of shows. Yeah. My opinion. Again, for sustainability. They're there for right. little key moments. But yes. for the most part, we're not going to see them. Roland is cute as a button. Oh, he is. So is Bailey Madison. Mm -hmm. I think we've had some of the cutest kids on this show. Just fantastic. Yeah. But hard to sustain. Yep. And then you start asking questions like you were asking. Where is he anyway? (laughs) Remember when people were saying, where's Henry? Isn't he in school? What's going on? So, I mean, you're not the first. Thanks for the podcast, Helen. Thank you so much, Helen. This is from Chris. Not Tipton, just Chris. Hi, Jeff and Colleen. I am on my lunch break, walking in the parking lot at about 3 a.m. as I type this. Dude. Dude. That's a night shift. Man. Yeah. Uh, Years and years and years ago, I did it. It's, yeah, mad props to you. I send big love and big caffeine to Chris, man. That is really, really tough, man. Hang in there with that. Yep. 
And Jeff, yes, I do have some Star Wars references for you in a bit. I only watched the episode once so I could be misremembering. But I thought the sorcerer sent it an awful like, a lot like the Cave of Wonders in Aladdin. That's true. There was a little similarity there. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Definitely. This this booming, yeah, yeah. Very I, deep. I totally. Yeah, great voice. I wonder if Andy and Eddie are mystery science fiction theater 3000 fans because one of the location was Hopkins, Minnesota, which is where M. ST3K was based That's out of. That's Mr. Science Theater, Theater 3000. And it's okay. Adam and Eddie, I think is what Chris meant. Not oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. Adam, Adam and, Eddie. and Eddie. Yeah. And they probably are. Yeah. They, they are. They, they and Adam and Eddie. Are, well, they're writers, too. They're writers. But I'm telling you, they really have their toe in all kinds of different waters. Sure. They have this huge wealth of knowledge. Yeah. And it, it's really... It's really they interesting. They do their homework, man. They really yeah. do their homework. Yeah. Uh, Lily telling Emma, this is continuing Chris's email, Lily telling Emma to shoot her reminded me of the climax of Return of the Jedi. In the throne room where the Emperor taunted Luke to give in to his hatred and strike him down so his journey to the dark side will be complete. And that's true. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, seven to... Uh, you got to watch seven. Uh, it's, it's not for the faint of heart, but what a great movie. Yeah. Here's where I lose probably a bunch of oncers. My heart sank when I saw Rebecca Mater in the credits, and it has nothing to do with her. I don't have any interest in the character. It's not that I dislike her. I dislike in the... It's not dislike in the J.R. Ewing love to hate way. I just want the character to go away. I don't care what she does. I just want her scenes to be over as soon as possible to get on to something else. For me, Zelina is the Jar Jar Binks, Nikki and Paolo of Once Upon a Time. Well, I hear what you're saying. And Mm -hmm. I think we all have certain characters that we feel that way. Like, I wish they would do more or I wish they would do something different. I It was, yeah. See, I think what... What uh, I think Chris is feeling for Zelina is what I felt for. Crikey, what was her name? Neil's girlfriend. That oh Tamara. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's the one. Yep. Oh Tamara, the terrible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I wanted her gone. I wanted her yeah. off screen. I wanted her to die in a horrible way, and she did. I felt bad for Greg, man. I mean, I felt bad. He was just hoodwinked. He was was, bamboozled, this guy. But tomorrow was one. Now, I have nothing against Nequa Martin-Green. She's a a lovely person. But yeah, tomorrow for me was horrible. I wanted her her dead. And I don't think it's quite maybe as bad. I don't think Chris quite hates Zelina. But it sounds like Chris is like, come on, come on, come on. Let me me say it this way is probably Zelina's not his favorite character i'm thinking all right but enough negativity chris continues thanks for the podcast and keep up the great work chris thank you for listening at 3 a.m and i hope we make you chuckle here and there and Mm -hmm. keep you keep you awake so thanks for doing what you're doing whatever you're doing we we appreciate it i mean that is tough work in the middle of the night man 
Uh, and another one from Chris. I apologize for the double email, but I want to clarify that I don't mean to say that I think Rebecca Mater is to blame for my indifference to Zelina. It's just that the writers haven't done anything to make me personally care anything about the character. With Regina, Rumpel, Cruella, Hook, Pan, and Robin, I wanted to know more about them right off the bat. With Zelina, I have none of that interest. Maybe it's just me, Chris. I I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I think it's because we didn't get more of the Oz backstory yeah. to me. And then, again, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, Chris, but I just, that's what that's would have helped me. That's a very real possibility. Because we didn't see anything after she left mm. no. her father until she became... Zelina, right. the well, I mean, we, we saw the. I wanted to know more about the sister witch table and yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all that kind of thing. Well, how did she end up banishing uh, Glinda? Glinda to the to the yeah, Sunny Mabry. What the heck? Yeah. Where, I mean, yeah, Sunny Mabry is a funny gal. If you've never seen her vines, they're just hysterical. I, I they're probably not all family friendly, but they're funny. Sure. Okay. Yeah, you're funny. All right. All right. So thank you very much, Chris. This email is from Chris Tipton. To answer your question, Chef, I am a Star Wars nut. That, thank goodness. We need more of you out there. Yeah. Star Wars nuts. Yeah. And um, But there's a lot of similarities, like Chris before was saying in Once Upon a Time, a lot in there. So I'm glad you're a Star Wars nut because you probably see a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I love it. As for favorite episodes this season, that would have to be best laid plans. Which, by the way, we never really talked about this. You know how we always talk about there's always some, you know, meaning behind the title? Yes. Best laid plans? Yes. Maleficent laid an egg? Yeah. <laughs> yep. True. And then there's the whole best laid plans, which is a phrase, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's an idiom. So, anyway, just thought I'd bring that out there. Isn't it best laid plans of mice and men? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. On to my feedback. I'll continue with Chris Tipton's email. On to my feedback. Once got back in my good graces this week. While not a spectacular episode, still very good. I seriously hope there is more to the sorcerer. I hope us too. Definitely. We we wanna Oh completely. We want to know all this. And we think fate is behind the sorcerer pulling more of the strings. But anyway. I hope this was just sort of like when they use the communicators in Star Wars. If this is all there is to him, is one big swirling blob, then it's a huge letdown. I think there's more to it. I hope so, too. I think he is trapped, and that's what I think. Nice to finally put to bed that they are different. Entities, at least. So apparently it was still the author who wrote everything that came after he got trapped. Nice to have that addressed. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So he's more following the rules now instead of just living. He's writing and not living. Well, trapped inside the book, he has no choice but to record. He can't influence. I'm going to say Cruella is definitely gone. We saw the body in a coffin. Well, we saw a coffin. Yeah, we didn't. Well, we saw the body on the cliff. We saw the body on the cliff part. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we saw the body there. And we saw the coffin, and we are pretty much assuming. And did you notice she got just a plain old pine yep. coffin? And, and she didn't get a fancy, you know, diamond encrusted one. She got a plain wooden box. Now listen, Chris Tipton, I'm not picking at you, but I'm saying we saw a coffin with blue. 
I'm just telling you. Yeah, we did. So me here, I'm I'm not drinking the haterade, but I'm just I'm drinking the realistic aid. Is that yeah. they started playing with this dying stuff? Yeah. And once you start having people die and come back, that ain't fair. So. Yeah. Then you have to adjust things like, well, was her heart crushed? Okay, then they're really dead. <laughs> you know, it's just, anyway. Yeah. Again, there's rules of death, too, apparently. Oh, gosh. Anyway, I'll continue with Chris Tipton's email. I'm extremely disappointed that Regina took Belle's heart without permission. Hold that thought. Okay. I I watched it again, and I don't think she took it without permission. It seems like that's what happened. But remember, when she commanded Belle at the wishing well, go home and forget about this. I think that's what prompted her to forget that she willingly gave it. Because I don't think that she she was – that would put her on the – the path to being evil again, you know what I mean? Taking it without well, her permission. I think she did get, because Belle willingly said, what can I do to yeah, help? Yeah, right, 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 right. So I think yeah. she did give her the heart. I think she allowed her to take it. And I think that when she got to the well and she said, you know, hey, go home and forget about this. I think that's what happened is that Belle forgot that she gave Regina the heart mm-hmm. or permission to take it anyway. That's what I think. I, you know, in, be wrong, in talking about it again, I, I, I would so. agree. I think that's what really happened. Belle did give her buy-in, mm-hmm. and so... And then she forgot about it, which makes yeah. for the drama. Regina, you know, didn't be... Wasn't very specific about, you know, uh, what part to forget. So Belle forgot the whole thing. Yep. It was amazing and foolish when Will told Rumpel he's already in the process of stealing Belle's heart. Mm-hmm. It was very, very mean, too. He was a little bit mean. But Will... Will loves to give those zingers. If you oh, watch totally Will's does. little stuff, like he and Hook, oh, the yeah. size of the boat and all this kind oh, of stuff. Yeah. I mean, Will has these little he's, zingers. He definitely so. has zingers. He's good at it. I'm very proud of Rumple at least doing one right thing and stepping, and stepping out of the way of Will and Belle. I hope that that is, in fact, the case. Mm-hmm. Or instead of just him saying it. I think it's a it's a again he walked away going one two three wait counting waiting for the day she comes running back to him because that is a very manipulative way to, to right. do things it, it's, it's sort of like a boxer turning away like they're gonna walk away and then winding up and turning back around and just knocking out the other exactly, guy exactly exactly so uh, this was a very sad scene. After everything Rumpel's done, I still somehow feel for him. I just wish he would get what he wants without hurting people. True. I still am really unhappy with Rumpel. I know. Rumpel's hearts all over the place are just breaking. And I understand that. Yep. <clears throat> but. I still love Robert Carlyle, though. Oh, yes. Yeah. But the show's not over. Mm-hmm. This is it's a drama not. show. It's and true. so. Yep. All right. Uh, I'm glad Emma showed some remorse for Cruella. And it's nice to know last week was just a stepping stone and not as severe as, as I thought. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people do make steps. And I think it really gets back to what I think Regina has said and what mm-hmm. <clears throat> Snow has said and what even Rumpel said. A lifetime of bad choices Mm -hmm. led to this. So I don't think darkness can come by one decision. I think it's a 
a number of decisions. Do you think Lily's heart's really dark now? I, uh, good question. If it's really dark like Rumpel's is, mm-hmm. what's going to happen when she goes into a storybook where there is magic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Oh, well, I wouldn't put it past Lily. I'm, I'm sorry, Rumpel for aligning himself with Lily. Yeah. As Making the, her a new apprentice, so right, to speak. Right. Yep. New student. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it, it, it was very sad. And I hope that... Man. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, so I love seeing more backstory between Emma and Lily. It was extremely heartbreaking. I actually liked the twist of fate... That the, the twist of fate drove them together. And I did think it was interesting because, okay, I understand that Storybrooke cannot be seen by the naked eye, but Lily was looking for her. She actually had pinpointed places where Storybrooke could be. Right. And so... She wasn't the first one. Right. So, but it was interesting that Greg Emma just... also mm-hmm. from Pittsburgh... You think maybe he had some interaction with her? He was from Pennsylvania, remember? Yeah. Greg was from Pennsylvania. She was on her way to Pennsylvania. What if Greg actually met Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh is in Pennsylvania. All right. (laughs) I went to school in San Bernardino. I don't know things. I need to get you a map, apparently. I'm no good at Pittsburgh is in Pennsylvania, and Greg is from Pennsylvania. And my money says he ran into Lily, and he probably filled in more gaps. You watch. We'll see that. You watch. See, this is a number of reasons why Colleen is here with me on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You, so, you don't want me no, by myself. Let's keep going with the email. All right. So, the... Okay. And the way that they handle Lily's life being inherently full of darkness made sense after the twist of fate. Mm-hmm. I'm actually starting to enjoy the way they're handling Emma going dark. It's just a steady slide. I hope there's an epic payoff. I don't really mind them using fate to explain all the conveniences away, but it is still kind of cheap. Well, depending on how the payoff is, maybe worth mm-hmm. it in the end. Regina talking Emma down was awesome. This whole scene was amazing. I'm very glad Emma did the right thing. Maybe she won't go dark. This definitely puts in doubt, a little bit of doubt in there. I don't, I do worry that them taking her to Storybrooke may unleash something. I love that the apprentice got to Lily in our world and told her everything. Very cool. I guess he can literally go into any realm at any time. And Lily calling him Yoda's was one of my most favorite lines ever. Yeah, that was fun. He even kind of smirked a little bit. Well, because remember he he made a doorway for right. the Snow Queen to go to yeah, Boston. She has the ability to so, go. I'm sure he has yeah. ability to cross realms. So if in fact the author can do it, I'll, I would imagine the and as for can Emma, maybe well. she won't go dark, and maybe that's the whole point is that she is changing fate. That's what this is all about: change your fate, change your stars. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Zelina is pregnant. Wow. Did not see that coming. Everyone was saying that Regina was probably pregnant, but no. See, that that's why I don't like to talk about rumors and stuff and all that. Because see how far off yeah. that was? I mean, I heard people saying that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
oh, Regina's supposed to be pregnant. Eh, no, don't see. Well, that's why we, we don't. Still don't. We still don't, haven't seen the end of the season. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> don't don't make an assumption. All Regina right. may be pregnant and doesn't know she is. I don't but, think that's the case. But I mean, I'm just saying still, it's a possibility. I don't, I don't think it is wise to troll and look through a, all these rumor sites. Okay, but here's the thing. Would that not be the most epic twist ever? Zelina is pregnant, and so is Regina wow. at the same time. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, I know that's so soap opera, but would that not be the coolest thing ever? Because then now uh, Robin I, has a choice to make. Oh my gosh! I don't know. That just makes my and head he, hurt. And and here's what would happen. I can just tell you right now. Let's assume this is in fact the case. Regina's pregnant and Zelina's pregnant, both at the same time. Robin finds out Regina's pregnant. Robin heads back to Storybrooke with Regina. Zelina can't get back into Storybrooke without the scroll. She doesn't come back. She's stuck, but she's going to somehow find a way back into Storybrooke and make everybody's life a living hell. I, I, wow, I don't know. That's a really far-fetched, but that would fit so yeah. nicely with this whole telenovela thing they got yeah. going with the whole she's pregnant all of a sudden, the soap opera thing. Once upon a time anatomy. All right. But no, <laughs> this was just shocking to me. I do kind of wonder how Zelina got pregnant. Well. <laughs> and Robin still never noticed the necklace. That was an awesome twist. Yeah, let's not make this a, a doctor let's, podcast. Let's stay. Let's stay PG with this, and let's just say Robin clearly had other things on his mind than what what she was wearing jewelry wise yeah. while things were happening. And we'll leave it at that. An update on last week. After listening to all the podcasts, rewatching the episode, and more thought, I do like last week's episode better. Okay. I still Yay. have some problems, but I don't hate it so much anymore. I would say 6.75 out of 10 skinned authors. As for this week, I really enjoyed it. 8 out of 10 dragon leashes. Nice. Very good. There you go. So, see, actually, that's great. So, we're, it's good that you watch it. We went through the same thing. I'm telling you. We, we I did. watched. Well, I and watched we still season, do. Yeah. I watched season two, and I was, because I hated it the first time around, and I absolutely did not hate it the second time around. It still was not my favorite season, but there were episodes that were really good, and episodes I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I know why they did this, but eh, whatever. So, it is possible once you rewatch it, you kind of look at it with fresh eyes. So we're glad that hopefully we, you know, helped you kind of see something a little different. Maybe, maybe that made you enjoy it a little more. So if that's that's what it sounds like to me. So if that's the case, yay. I'm happy about that. All right. So did you want to help me out with the next email? Yes, I would love Pretty to do please. that. I would love to do that. Great. All right. This one is from Becca. This episode was killer, one of the best I can remember. Your First Thoughts podcast hit on a lot of the things that stood out to me. Here are the things that have been on my mind since rewatching. Emma, she seems to be in one never-ending jaw clench this season. I can see why. They, there's a lot piled on her plate right now. And yeah, she is. She's very, uh, everything, she's very on edge and angry and, and understandably so. Uh, regret of her killing Cruella, possibly a, self, a bit of self-sabotage. Let me start that over again. Regret over killing Cruella. Possibly a bit of self-satisfaction over killing Cruella as well. Fear that cr killing Cruella means she's going dark. I know she holds on to her free will, but perhaps deep inside she's afraid that darkness is overtaking um, out, of out of her control. Unforgiveness with her parents. Lily's drama. Stuff with the author slash gold protecting Henry. I mean, that's a lot on her plate. Yep, yep. That's a lot. 
So I'm not so much concerned with her going dark due to a conscious choice as I am of her being so overwhelmed by all of these stressors and reaching a breaking point. It's true. She she could just cave in just simply out of the just, that's it, I've reached my, the end of my rope, I've got too much going on, I can't hold it all together, and, you know, it's easier to go dark. Because even Hook said it's easy to go to the dark side. So that's what I would think, too. It is indeed, unfortunately. All right. I'd have to agree with some listeners about Emma needing to forgive her parents. The thing about forgiveness is it's for your own good to forgive others. Forgiveness doesn't mean pretending that the hurt never happened. In fact, ignoring a hurt and pretending it didn't happen is basically the opposite of forgiveness. Forgiveness means that you accept the choices that were made, no matter how bad they were, and you refuse to let feelings of bitterness or hate affect your life and future decisions. That's very good points. Very good points. Uh, And forgiveness is a choice that sometimes must be made over and over again. I don't expect Emma to be perfect and completely forgive her parents in an instant and never struggle with the decisions they made regarding her and Lily. I just want to see Emma start in the direction of coming to terms with the choices made. I want to see her choose to be an adult and recognize that her parents made a difficult decision that probably wasn't ideal. Hmm. I agree. I think it's valid, valid points. Incredibly and well said. All this bitterness is doing is eating away at her. It is slowly draining the life out of her. She's losing her personality and the things that make her Emma. It seems that every episode she becomes more solemn and melancholy. And I've noticed that same thing too. So, um, And one more thing about forgiveness. The guilty party doesn't have to be sorry to be forgiven. Forgiveness isn't a bargain where each party gives and each party takes. Forgiveness isn't a cop-out for bad behavior. Forgiveness is a freely given, undeserved gift for those who are given it. And it takes a lot of strength to offer that free gift and expect nothing in return. But it's very freeing for those who discover the <clears throat> act of living unoffended lives. Um, uh, excellent point. And by the way, here's yet another thing. Sometimes the party being forgiven doesn't even realize they did anything that needs to be forgiven. Yeah. That, that, that's and, and they really tough, but yeah. yeah. It is very tough. So it's one yeah. of those things that, like she said, it is very much, it is for the person doing the forgiveness, not for the other people. Uh, I, I don't want to go full Dr. Phil here, but what's interesting is that, especially families and sometimes friends, is that over time, the thing that was done that you're angry about, sometimes you, people can't remember yeah. I mean, it's just been so long and the other person will be holding this unforgiveness and mm-hmm. they say, well, you know what you did? And the other person goes, no, I, I don't remember. Yeah. It's happened to me. Yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah, good points for sure. Uh, and let me continue this this theme here. She can forgive her parents even if they never apologized and sincerely say we were wrong. It's about hate and bitterness losing its hold on Emma, not about her parents repenting of all wrong and making amends for their wrongs. I'd love to see Snow and Charming right their wrongs, but Emma has control over how this affects her, and I really want to see her personal development in this area. Fingers crossed that this is in store before the season ends. Yes. And I think there is a there is a potential for that simply because she came unglued when Lily talked about going to Storybrooke and she said, if you lay one hand on my parents, I will end you. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty strong. So Emma's feelings for them are stronger than I think her, her being uh, um, unhappy with them right now. Just think about this for a second. Regina season one, this is sort of in the situation between Emma and her parents right now. That's where I see Emma. She's at a, a spot where 
she's far from where she should be. And so now hopefully we will see, hopefully, steps mm-hmm. back yeah. to being reconnected and find some type of forgiveness or something. We, we all know that Snow and Charming are very repentant. They feel very badly for what they've done. <clears throat> They're trying everything they can do to make amends. So at this point in time, Emma holding on to her bitterness and her anger towards them and not willing to forgive them right now is very much hurting Emma, not them. They're moving on. So it is true. It's all about Emma at this point. And it is going to drive her crazy and make her, you know, very sad and melancholy and very unhappy and unhealthy until she gets to the point where she can forgive them. What if somehow they can figure out a way to give Emma and Lily their real life? Hmm. Outside of this spell. Yeah. Hmm. So. Be interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's continue with Becca's email. Robin Hood's duty to Zelina and the baby. Does he really need to stay with her? Maybe I'm just super insensitive and not well versed in baby daddy etiquette. But I feel like if you were manipulated into conceiving with the wicked witch who killed your wife and disguised herself as her, that should earn you a get out of daddying free card. But I guess the poor child would be doomed with Zelina as the only parental influence in his life. So maybe it's best for Robin Hood to stay. But I can't even imagine how Robin plus Zelina co-parenting will even work. How is he going to agree with any decisions that Zelina makes for their child? She killed his wife. Marriages or any relationship can't last without some trust. And I'm just guessing he probably has zero trust in her. The child might motivate him to stay, but there's no way that Robin Hood will find a way to co-parent with Zelina, right? Just no way. Any thoughts on how that might work? Thanks to both of you for the podcast. It's a highlight every week. Well, thank you, Becca. Thank you very much. And by we the way, I am wondering how the whole Robin and Zelina co-parenting will work, too. I mean, she won't need Robin, theoretically, now that she's got his kid. And that makes her even more dangerous because if she attempts to even kill him, man, there's so many, there's so many ways they could go with this if, in fact, she really is pregnant. And again, it comes back to, is she is she really? Right. Be interesting. And a lot of these, a lot of us are just kind of dealing with where we are at the time. I yeah. mean, obviously, when things get revealed, it's like, well, that was silly <laughs> that I thought that way. Yeah. It's never going to happen anyway. It was like, we don't know that at the time. So that's yeah. part of the fun of doing the podcast. Oh, and there's a PS on, on Becca's email. From my first email, from the Corell episode... You deduce that I'm from Central Time Zone based on my OUAT time slot of 7 to 8 p.m. You are correct. I'm deep in the heart of Texas. Wish I was closer to California. I'd come to Regal Con. That would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, who knows what the future brings. The, you know, Roxy and uh, Liz are really great. And I know their team is fantastic. So there may be more. And so anyway, thanks so much for that. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Here's the next one. Uh, Hi, Colleen and Jeff. First, you both made comments that you felt you may get some nasty emails during the Heart of Gold main show. Here's mine. Just kidding. I think everything you said was right on point, both of you. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. (laughs) This is Trace, by the way. Yes. Oh, my. This was a great episode. And then the last minute happened, and I groaned out loud. I had a feeling it was coming, and I was yelling, no, don't do it. Don't let it be a baby. And then there it was. The telenovela's moment of OUAT. See? 
<laughs> I feel we have enough going on with Robin and Regina without this being necessary. I know it's bad, but initially I was like, so what if she's pregnant? She totally deceived you and is a rotten person. Just take Roland and leave with Regina. But Robin's honor would never let him do that, and Zelina knows this. So the only reasoning that, that makes this okay is if it's a fake pregnancy. Then again, the other thought, I thing I thought was, might as well go big or go home. What if Regina's pregnant too? <laughs> See, she's on the same wavelength Dude, as you. I had no idea that was. Let's coming. make everybody That's pregnant. Hilarious. You get a baby, and you get a baby, and you get a baby. Let's everybody. <laughs> That's funny. Mm. That's really funny. We did have the episode where she told Emma she eats like a child and was eating healthy kale salad. After rewatching, I was better with the ending, realizing that it's hopefully a last-ditch desperate attempt to keep Robin from Regina and get back into Storybrooke. Fingers crossed. Switching gears, I think my theory on the sorcerer being her father got another boost. The apprentice told Lily if she noticed how the necklace complemented her tattoo so well, and the hat has a star mm-hmm. with a crescent moon. Yep. Thoughts? We talked about that. Um, not in this show but while we're watching mm-hmm. by far the emma regina chemistry and friendship was the best this episode i could watch their scenes together over and over i love watching their relationship develop it has progressed perfectly not too rushed or too slow okay the scene and i agree about the whole you know emma regina friendship is awesome the scene probably one of the best scenes the entire series in my opinion emma wanting to shoot lily and regina talking her down Written, acted, and shot beautifully. I agree. Even if we all knew she wasn't going to do it, it was so well done. I still have goosebumps. I feel the end scene overshadowed how great of a moment this truly was, but I just loved it. Now everyone is coming for the author. I think he and The Apprentice have big parts to play in the finale, which hopefully means we'll finally get to see him released from the hat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I hope so, too. He needs to be. Ugh. Things that made me go, hmm. Why did Regina give Maleficent Belle's heart? Why not put it in your vault with heart lockers and protection spells? And Maleficent is just the mistress of all evil we all knew. She couldn't stop Will from going out the window or dragging out and go back and get it. Mm. She lost her baby to the Charmings and did nothing to stop them, nothing really to stop them. So basically she puts people to sleep. I still think Belle gave her heart willingly, but when Regina told her to run along and forget all this is when she forgot. We are in very much in sync with that. Why did Hook and Bell stop trying to get the apprentice out of the hat? Yeah, why did they t- why did they stop? Hmm. He was so upset about it and it seemed like a good mission and sure better than what they've been doing. Why did the apprentice tell Lily everything and not Emma? Good point. Yeah. He should have gotten them both together as young ladies, told them both what was up, and they could have helped each other this whole time. Hmm. Just saying. Great point. Unless that would have messed with Emma's destiny to be the savior. So there's that. He basically told Lily she was doomed from the get-go. I kind of feel like he left her with no hope and put her on the path, put her on her path for revenge. Just doesn't make sense. What do you all think? I find it fascinating that he didn't tell Emma, and he did tell Lily, and he even said, I'm not even supposed to tell you this. So what made him change his mind about her? Was that something that the author wrote? I think... I think they want to leave Emma alone because I think Emma has a part to play mm-hmm. in the end game with them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's going to be Operation Mongoose Part 2. I yeah, think. possibly. I think and we will we'll see, see why they left her alone. Yeah, maybe. maybe. And, but great questions. I mean, yeah. those are fantastic questions. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. We will see. We will see. Great episode. Lily and Emma being each other's yin and yang is going to get very interesting. Can't wait for next week and all the mothers. 
Mm-hmm. Big love to both of you and all the Oncers. Talk to you next week. Trace. Thank you very much, Trace. Big love back. Yeah. Thank you very much, Trace. I love that. that we have very similar thoughts. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and you get a baby and you get it. Okay. <laughs> so this uh, last email is from Brad. Oh, excellent. The next time you're on a bus, take note of the rambling old man in the back. He yep. may actually have all the answers you're looking for. Now on to the things I learned this week in the episode, Lily. Number one, pay no attention to the sorcerer behind the curtains. That's true. (laughs) Number two, fate is like the annoying little fly that keeps buzzing in your ear. Mm -hmm. Or the wolf in the road or something. Yeah. Number three, think twice before calling a woman's friend a loser. Yeah. True. Number four, Emma needs a bumper sticker that reads, I break for wolves. (laughs) Yep. Or maybe it should read, I crash for wolves. Yeah. (laughs) She seems to do that. Number five, sometimes one pack of Advil just isn't enough. No. Actually, no Advil at all. Okay. I'll take an Advil every now and then. Number six, free burgers for a week would make anyone smile. Especially a kid. A kid. Number seven, Regina was so close, she start, She stated that fate was a female dog. It turns out it's actually a wolf. <laughs> thanks for that uh, Thanks might... for that change up, Brad. But I think everyone understands what you're saying. It might have been a, um, uh, been a female wolf. Yeah. Number eight, Emma might have learned her fast and furious driving skills from Dominic Toretto. I don't know who that is. Probably in the movie, maybe. Probably, yeah. All right. Number nine, Lily is a fan of Star Wars. Thank God. (laughs) There's so many other movie franchises out there that Star Wars is a good one. Let's just stick with that. Number 10, even The Apprentice had to pay bus fare. Yeah. Yeah. Fate is a bus fare. Yeah. And by the way, Dominic Toretto is Vin Diesel's character in Fast and Furious franchise. Didn't know that. We've never seen any of them, so. No. I know. I know. We're weird. But I was up north uh, near where they filmed the original Fast and the Furious up in Northern California. There's a jump or something up there. Oh, yeah. That's really all I know. Okay. And then Michelle Rodriguez was in some of the films. Yes. Anyway, thank you, Brad, for that. And that is our final voicemail. And thank you very much for hanging in there with us. <coughs> with all the different volumes, I'm going to look into what's going on. So, yeah, it's going to be a busy week. First thoughts tomorrow for the episode entitled Mother. And then we're counting down to Regal Con. So it's going to be a wild week for sure. I want to send big love out to everyone, and I thank all the folks that send big love back. But big love is so big, mm-hmm. you cannot keep it all to yourself. And why would you? Take what you need. Everybody needs love. Take what you need and pass on the rest to somebody else. And however you do that is really up to you. But please do. That's what makes life worth living. So we would ask that when you listen that you tweet out that you're listening. You tweet it at O-U-A-T podcast. Let everybody know that you're listening to our main show for Lily. And also please stop by our support page 
at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. We really need your help, and I thank everyone who has gone there and who uses our link to shop on Amazon. We really appreciate it, and it really does help. Yes, it does. So until next time, this is Jeff and Colleen, and we will talk to you soon. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Roni's Own Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.